Live from the WTAD studios in the Lincoln Douglas Building in downtown Quincy, it's time to pull up a chair and assemble today's WTAD News Roundtable. Welcome to the Thursday edition of the News Roundtable. Hi, my name's Quaid. I'm joined in studio by Steve Bull, uh, pressing the buttons, soon to be answering the phone. And uh, Scott Hardy uh, is in here with us. Hang on, getting messages. Um, just make sure that, uh, okay, this doesn't have anything to do with our guest. All right, uh, coming up on the back half of today's show, uh, we're going to be joined by uh, 18th District Representative uh, Darren LaHood uh, will be joining us uh, on the show today to talk. No, Steve, every time I, I thought I you were trying to get my attention. No, no, no. I, apparently, uh, very Arthur Fonzarelli style, when I hit the table, uh, one of my headsets goes, and my ears goes out, so then I hit it to try and get it back. There we go. That's hey. what that is. A <laughs> So that's, that's what that was about. That's just me trying to get... There's something in the connection on the board that is not a hundred percent. So when I you hear me hitting, pounding the table, that's I'm not Nikita Khrushchev and trying to get your attention or make a threat. I'm just trying to get uh, both ears back. At, at well, you don't both. even have your shoe off, so yeah, uh, that's true. yeah, I'm not doing it right at all. Uh, so yes, uh, Representative Darren LaHood going to be joining us on the uh, back half of the show to talk about um, paycheck protection program. Uh, also. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, the jobless claims this week because that's what everybody is talking about. It is a giant number, uh, double what it was uh, a week ago. Nobody was expecting this high of a number. And what does that mean as far as the economy and also state budgets uh, moving forward? So we'll get into that uh, on the back half of today's show. But first things first. In with all the latest from the WTAD newsroom, say good morning to Scott Hardy. Good morning, Quaid. Good morning, everybody. The Hancock County Health Department and Memorial Hospital in Carthage have received official notice that a person from another county who is visiting family in Hancock County is tested positive for COVID-19. That person was tested at Memorial's Respiratory Clinic in Carthage. They've since returned to their home county. Both the health department and the hospital say they are working with the county in which that person lives to investigate all possible exposures. They maintain that no Hancock County residents have tested positive for COVID-19. More Northeast Missouri school districts say their doors will stay closed until May. Bowling Green R1 school superintendent Matt Fredrickson made that announcement Wednesday after a meeting in the morning with he and other Pike County superintendents and the Pike County Health Department. Fredrickson said the decision was based on the health department's recommendation and that all Pike County schools will continue to stay closed through Friday, May 1st. That includes Bowling Green, Bonsalar 10, Louisiana, and Clumpton. Fredrickson says a decision on extending that shutdown beyond May 1st will be made in mid-April. Current food service and learning support will continue. Teachers will modify class requirements for the fourth quarter and are sending work focused on priority learning goals. Fredrickson also said that wireless access will be available by the end of the week in the parking lots of the Bowling Green and Frankfurt campuses. 
for students to access from inside a vehicle if needed in order to support their academic work. The Missouri Supreme Court says it's extending its suspension of most cases in the state to May 1st. The high court issued that order Wednesday saying it's in response to the pandemic. A statement says the order suspends most in-person proceedings with certain exceptions. The Supreme Court says that despite the restrictions, the state's courts of state are open still, although access to buildings, including the Supreme Court building, has been limited. The court's order does authorize local courts to determine how best to conduct certain proceedings and other necessary court business. Tensions flared and a lawsuit was threatened as the Hannibal City Council removed two board members at the board of the Board of Public Works on Wednesday. Special meeting to uh, remove those two members was held yesterday. A five to one vote. Former uh, board vice president Steve Smith and board member Stephen Frank were both removed. They have uh, since been replaced on that uh, board by uh, by new members. Uh, two new members here. I'll get those names in a moment. William Dees and John Zerbonia. According to City Attorney James Lemon, the issue was that the board, quote, took on powers that they did not have, quote. That's referring to an earlier decision on Monday to delay today's, uh, rather, Wednesday's deadline to switch over to a granulated charcoal filtration system as a, and moving off of chloramines. That was in a September 2017 ordinance that was passed by the City Council. According to Lemon, the BPW would have faced fines each and every day if they didn't comply with that ordinance. Voters had approved that measure back in 2017. Subsequent memo by the BPW on Tuesday said that after the decision by the city council that the transition was back on and that the ammonia was turned off on Tuesday night. The owners of the Mark Twain Cave say that after nearly 100 years of owning that landmark that they're selling. Statement issued Wednesday by the Cameron Colbert family says that owner Linda Colbert has sold the Mark Twain Cave complex to Todd and Austin Curry of Quincy. She said the sale is bittersweet, saying the cave has been in her husband's family since 1923, but there weren't any younger family members to manage the complex. She said the Currys have been running the restaurant there since 2015. The Mark Twain Cave was designated a national natural landmark in 1972. Colbert and Curry say they'll host a celebration of the event with details coming up in the next few weeks. One person was hurt in a one-vehicle accident uh, yes, last night in Hancock County. The Illinois State Police identified that person as 36-year-old Ross Bowen, Ross Smith, rather, of Bowen. They say that accident happened around 925 on County Road 530 north, a half mile east of County Road 2900 east. A report says that uh, while traveling on a gravel road, Smith lost control of his ATV and went into the ditch. It then hit an embankment and rolled over. Smith was thrown from the ATV. He was able to drive it to a residence in Plymouth where EMS were sent. He suffered non-life-threatening injuries and was taken by a helicopter to a Peoria hospital for treatment. Pickup truck crashed in Rawls County yesterday afternoon, injuring five people. They've been identified as a 19-year-old Miranda Haynes of Hannibal, 20-year-old Alyssa Rule of Hannibal, 24-year-old Christian Williams of Hannibal, 19-year-old Caleb Worrell of Monroe City, and an 8-year-old Monroe City girl that vehicle was driven by rule, and that accident happened around 3 p.m. on Big Creek Lane, just east of Route Age. According to the highway patrol, that vehicle went off the right side of the highway and hit a tree. All of them were taken to Hannibal Regional Hospital for treatment of minor and moderate injuries. And a pile of debris in a Monroe County Road, or rather in a Rawls County Road, contributed to a one-car crash that sent a new London driver to the hospital. 
The Highway Patrol identifies that person as 24-year-old Nathan Wilson of New London. Says that accident happened 6 o'clock last night on Route A, 5 miles southeast of Monroe City. Wilson was on A at around 6. We told troopers he swerved to avoid the pile of debris in the driving lane. And his car hit several trees. As I mentioned, he was taken to Hannibal Regional Hospital with moderate injuries. And the Missouri Department of Transportation says it's limiting traffic on a section of U.S. 36 in Marion County today. Monot says its crews are making pavement repairs on westbound 36. Lanes are down to one lane from Marion County Route U to Marion County Route J until 8 o'clock tonight. You'll need to use caution when traveling through the work zone. MoDOT says that work is weather-dependent, could be rescheduled or delayed. That is a look at the latest in local news. Of course, we'll have more for you throughout the afternoon right here on WTAD.com and on our social media, including both Twitter and Facebook. Thank you very much, sir. Uh, we'll take a time out, and when we come back, we'll talk with Representative Darren LaHood about uh, everything that's going on and the uh, fluidity of the situation due to COVID-19. We'll talk with... Representative LaHood next on the News Roundtable. WTAD. Welcome back to the News Roundtable. Talk Radio 930 WTAD. It's 1018. Uh, and we welcome to the show Representative Darren LaHood. Thank you for joining us, sir. First uh, things first, are you feeling okay? Uh, Quaid, thanks for having me on. Yes, I'm feeling fine. Have not had any symptoms of COVID, uh, thank God. And uh, my family is doing well. My wife and uh, three teenage boys, although... Uh, I think they're getting sick of having me around the house. They want me to go back to work. <laughs> Congressman, they just went out of the house, and you know that. <laughs> How long can you play indoor soccer? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's getting old. And, and, and the weather has gotten a little better this week, but it hadn't been that nice to have uh, the kids outside. But uh, we're, we're surviving like everybody else, kind of hunkered down and waiting for this to pass. Uh, what can you tell us about the uh, Paycheck Prote- Protection Program? You tweeted about that yesterday. What, what are the details about that? What does it entail? Yeah, so, um, you know, we passed the stimulus bill last week uh, on a voice vote in the House. I actually flew back to, to, to be there for the quorum call, but I thought it was important. Um, essentially, this, this is a huge bill, as you know, almost $2 trillion, but really focuses on four different areas. But the one area uh, is on small businesses. So whether you're a bar or a restaurant, whether you're a landscaper, whether you're a plumbing contractor, uh, whether you're a manufacturer, focuses on how we get small businesses through this period of time because most of them have been shut down or idled, um, can't, can't serve food or, or can't engage in the business they're used to. And so what we've tried to do is give them forgivable loans uh, or grants that help to pay for their employees for the next eight to 10 weeks. They can also use this money to pay utilities. They can use the money to pay their mortgage or their rent or their lease to get through this period of time. So an influx of cash to to small and medium-sized businesses to get them through this period of time, that's about $400 billion through the SBA. Secondarily, uh, the paychecks that are going to go to individuals. So if you make $1,200 or less, uh, you're going to get, I'm sorry, if you make, uh, um, um, 
$75,000 or less, you're going to get a check for $1,200. So an average family of four uh, is going to get about $3,400 because you get $500 for each child. Those checks will be cut in the next 10 days to two weeks here. will be deposited uh, if you have a bank account. Uh, it'll be a deposit in your bank account electronically, or you'll get a check for that. Again, that's about $500 billion money that will go directly to individuals. And then uh, the, the fourth part of this bill is really large companies and corporations. It's the airlines. It's the cruise industry. It's the hotel chain. Um, the Department of Treasury will look at these distressed large businesses and, and give them money so that they don't go bankrupt. And then lastly, money for our hospitals. Uh, obviously, um, you know, uh, our, our country is diverse. Some um, parts of the country have been in hot zones. And so um, uh, this $140 billion will go to hospitals, health care providers that are losing money right now. Because if, if you look at, for instance, Blessing in Quincy, I mean, they've had to move all of their elective surgeries. They've had to clear out their hospital. And so yeah, a lot of hospitals in my district in rural parts are losing money right now because they don't have any patients. They're not doing any elective surgery. So $140 billion that helps get hospitals, health care providers through this period of time, um, hopefully, uh, you know, uh, a month to two months uh, and gets them through to the other side. So I know you asked about the, 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 the paycheck bill. Uh, I, I gave you a broader perspective on what this bill does really to help people. Again, think about this. We didn't ask for this disease. We didn't. It, it chose us, and, and now we got to get through this. It's through no fault of our own that our business have had to deal with this, and, um, and so here we are. Will that money that was allocated to hospitals, will that uh, help them cover the cost of them buying new equipment to test for the COVID-19 virus? Yeah, actually, so um, if you think about it, we passed two prior bills. That's a good question. Two prior bills before the stimulus bill. The, the second one we passed was $9 billion, and uh, almost half of that $9 billion went for PPE, um, either reimbursement to hospitals uh, or to get, help them with new equipment. So the answer is yes, uh, th- that second bill we passed. And, and so that money will help the hospitals to repay them, uh, to reimburse them, uh, and when needed to get new PPE equipment if there is a spike for some reason in uh, Quincy or Macomb or, or, or Jacksonville. Our guest this morning, Representative uh, Darren LaHood, joining us uh, to talk about uh, what's going on, uh, not just uh, here in Illinois, but in Washington, D.C., concerning uh, the coronavirus. We saw jobless numbers uh, this morning, uh, Representative LaHood, at 6.6 million just for the last week. Uh, you talk about the, the stimulus. Are these jobless claims going to drive you back to D.C. to have another vote? Speaker Pelosi is talking about another stimulus package. Is that something that you see uh, happening? Well, I hope not. I don't listen. Let's let's get this bill done first. Let's spend this money. You know, I, I struggled a little bit with the cost of this. I mean, this is two point two trillion dollars. Um, and, and this is money we don't have. It's not like we have a rainy day fund in Washington, D.C. We're printing money. We're maxing out the credit card to do this. And at some point, you got to think about that. And so that's one of the struggles I, if we would have had a yes or no vote on this, that I would have had is the, is, is how you, you fiscally get through this. Uh, who's going to pay for it? Um, having said that, um, um, let's see how this money does. Let's see where the country is. I think um, uh, we give it another uh, three to four weeks and then determine. Now, Secretary Mnuchin has analogized the, the, the COVID response to a baseball game. 
and we're maybe in the fourth inning right now. As I mentioned, we passed two smaller bills uh, that, that I supported, and then we passed the stimulus bill. So we're, we're probably in the fourth or fifth inning right now, and, and I think we need to react accordingly. The other thing we need to realize is, you know, uh, this country is diverse, both geographically and otherwise. And, you know, um, Nebraska is not the same as New York City. Uh, Miami is not the same as Quincy or, or Missouri uh, or central Illinois. And so um, while we're prepared in central and west central Illinois, we just haven't seen the cases uh, that other places in the country have. And uh, almost 60 percent of the, the cases right now are in the New York City area. And so there are hot spots. We need to focus on those. But before we think about spending more money or passing more bills, let's see where we're at. I think eventually we got to go to a tiered system, almost a three-tiered system, where you have a hot spot that's in Tier 1, but Tier 3 may be areas that are much like my district where we don't have much going on, um, and, and then we can loosen up some of these uh, shutdown restrictions that really hurt uh, the private sector. Our guest this morning, Representative uh, Darren LaHood. One of the things that uh, people have been talking about is the supply chain uh, always leading back to China. Uh, have you heard talk uh, in D.C. or amongst your colleagues about uh, speaking with a lot of companies about bringing manufacturing back to different parts of this country? I, I know Illinois could use an infusion of manufacturing jobs. Is that something that you've been talking about with your colleagues? Absolutely. I think particularly the, um, the, 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 the um, supply chain as it relates to medicine, pharmaceuticals, and drugs, much of that, um, you know, flows through China, and that's unfortunate. Um, we have an influx of legislation that's been introduced just in the last month here as a response to this that would significantly alter and change that um, and incentivize those companies to bring those manufacturing um, facilities and, and uh, product lines back to the United States. Uh, I think it showed that we are really reliant on, on, on China and other places around the world for that. I know Senator Cotton has been out in front on this, has a couple bills. Senator Hawley from Missouri and Senator Rubio have really raised um, this issue uh, to the highest level. And I'm looking at uh, all of their legislation uh, because I think we need to, we need to uh, protect that supply chain as it relates to these drugs. I mean, because most of the, uh, the drugs in the manufacturing that's done in the pharmaceutical area are companies based in the U.S., but they have um, much of their operations in China and other places. And I think we got to think about that from a national security standpoint and a healthcare standpoint into the future. Congressman, what side of the argument do you lie on between the uh, Trump administration and governors who are clamoring for PPE, saying that the governors are saying, like Governor Pritzker here in Illinois, who's saying that uh, they have to compete with other governors and the federal government for PPE, such as masks, while, whereas the Trump administration is, say, is leaving it up to the states. What side of the argument do you fall on in terms of that? Well, listen, I, I think that um, I think the federal government plays a role here, and FEMA needs to be the umbrella organization over this. But I think there also has to be a recognition. There, there, are, there are four or five states that are in the hot zones uh, that are right now getting most of the PPE um, uh, equipment. That, that's where it's going. So when we get a shipment that comes into the country from, from, from um, somewhere else, say from, from China or from Thailand, we're getting a lot of that being manufactured. When it comes here... Um, FEMA makes the determination that goes to New York, that goes to Illinois, that goes to Miami. So I think that there was some validity to what the governors were saying maybe 
two weeks ago. But now I think there's much more coordination within the last 10 days here. I think we have a good system in place. Uh, I think also there's some politics at play here with some of our governors, um, so particularly some of our Democrat governors, and that's unfortunate. This isn't a time for finger pointing. I'm convinced that the federal government over the last two weeks here has done an excellent job uh, in, in letting the states figure out what they need and then giving them the ability to get that equipment uh, as, as quickly as possible. So I think we're catching up on the supply chain now, and I think we're getting the equipment that they need, whether it's respirators, whether it's PPE, whether it's glass, uh, um, masks and gloves and, and those things. I, I think um, those um, criticisms, um, I, I think, are, are being alleviated now. All right. Uh, unfortunately, we're out of time, and we're going to have to leave it uh, there. But always uh, enjoy having you on the show, Representative LaHood. Thank you for joining us this morning. Yeah, and I would just say anybody in your listening audience, whether you're, again, a small business um, or, or, or you have any questions about this bill, how you apply, how you get that information, SBA has a website, but you can call our office, go on our website. Uh, we will be, I mean, we're working, uh, you know, 24-7 on this. People can call our office at any time, and we're happy to help them. All right. Thank you very much. Representative Darren LaHood joining us this morning on the News Roundtable. Stay healthy, sir. Be safe and healthy, guys. Thank you. That is the Thursday edition of the News Roundtable. We'll be back here tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. You should be here, too. The News Roundtable will reconvene tomorrow morning at 10.06 a.m. on AM 930 WTAD. Podcast available online at WTAD.com.